Um, just so that you know, how many were here at Easter? You filled out your survey and all that. Just to let you know, this is what happened. In September, we're going to do a series called You Ask For It. And uh, I've got at least five, possibly six topics that you guys checked. These are things we want to know about. We, we want you to teach us about these. Find what the Word says about these. And one of the number one things was stress. And that's something, I mean, you know, and I, we all understand. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Tell me about that. Okay, so stress. Uh, another one was spiritual warfare. That was really big up there. People wanted to know about how do we fight things that we, can, uh, that we can't see. How do we fight and use prayer? How do we do that? So we'll, we're going to talk about that in September. Um, we're going to do a whole series called You, you Ask For It uh, in, uh, in that series. And unless the Lord moves that quicker, but we have some things we're going to discuss about the kingdom uh, a little bit before that. Um, the other survey that you took was what time for the third service and we had two different options one was moving first service back to 8 30 and then the second service which is the one you're in would be at 10 instead of 10 30 and then the third would start at 11 30 that one didn't win the one that won was nine o'clock 10 30 the one you're in and then noon and that's what won uh, by far so anyway um, in september that first sunday in september we start the third service at noon uh, so uh, it'll be 1030 and then noon and uh, we'll just move from there and just God is doing some amazing things People ask me they say, well, man, isn't that going to wear you and your team out? I don't think so. I think if God's called us to do it, we'll just be strengthened and there'll be more and plus he's going to send more people So we'll develop more teams help me somebody So it won't be the same person that has to do it all the time um, I have people that are concerned that I'll get burned out I'm telling you what I get charged the more I get to preach the happier I get so I'm, I'm happy about that, and um, it's going to be a great time. God's doing some wonderful things, so just, just get excited, man. You're part of something that God is doing, and, and just be happy with that. We talked last week about starting this series because we've had so many come to Christ, but they also feel like I just can't get past my past. I'm, not, uh, uh, I'm struggling with all the things I've done in the future, or maybe even some of the things you may be struggling with right now i'm believing that today and in these next few weeks we're going to be able to break that past off of you so that you can move forward so i'm just i'm glad you're here i don't believe you're here by accident and uh there's so many of us in the sound of my voice and those that will listen to it uh on the uh, cd or whatever or online as they're downloaded they've you've been lied to you've been betrayed you've been stabbed in the back somebody's hurt you and you're carrying unforgiveness around bitterness and resentment so we're going to target that. Sometimes we want to forgive, we just don't know how. I mean, we want to, but you know, sometimes people make it seem like it's so easy. Well, you just say, I forgive you, and you go on. We understand the principle behind that, but sometimes it's a little harder. You, you seem a little deeper hurt than just, I forgive you and move on. But there is something that we can do, and we can understand what the act is, and we can connect that with how to make that happen. We're going to help you with that. Sometimes you have to uh, figure out how to apologize. Did you know sometimes it's just tough to apologize? Sometimes it's just hard to say I'm sorry. And so we've got to figure out how to do that. Um, I believe relationships are going to be restored and healed because of the series here. Sometimes, how about this? We can forgive others, but we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. I've known people that they can, it doesn't matter, they can forgive somebody else, but they will beat themselves up over some stupid decision. I'm not saying it was good, stupid and all of that for the rest of their life. Look what I, I mean, all because it all started, but no, 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 and they go on. They have trouble forgiving themselves. I'm going to show you how the Word of God can help you get past your past. 
So today, the weekly title and the series is Past Your Past. Today, we're going to talk about breaking the labels that bind you. Breaking the labels that bind you. And so many of us, uh, we've had something said to us or, or maybe we've labeled ourselves. I have somebody that I know that uh, the mother said to them, you're going to amount to nothing. You're going to be just like your father. You're going to be a drunk. And he has lived up to that label. And that's a shame. You know, sometimes people are just made, well, and they call them this, and we call them that. And I'm not saying that's right. I mean, sometimes we do it in jest, and sometimes, you know, we'll label our pets because of how they are. Come here, Frisky. Come here, boy. You know, or you know, whatever. Uh, and sometimes we'll label our friends, you know. Um, and, and some of those are great, and those are fine. There's nothing wrong with every label. I'm just talking about negative labels. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to help you here, and I want to show you what I mean. I'm going to share a name, and it has a label with it, and you're going to help me finish it, okay? Here we go. Attila the, there you go, Conan the, Billy the, Alexander the, Buffy the, some of you are like, Buffy the, I never watched that, no, that's bad. Winnie the, Little side note, there is a cookbook out, Cooking with Pooh. I'm serious. I don't know if anybody ever thought of that, but I, somebody there must have been on my Braunschweiger team. I don't know about that. <laughs> they all have labels that, that go with their name. My dad, uh, when, you know, as we were growing up, he kind of received the label Dave the, the Tightwad Gleesman. And he was legendary. I'm just saying, my dad, man, he knew, he knew how to do it. And, uh, you know, you give him a gift for his birthday. If you didn't have the receipt, he'll keep it. But somebody will get that gift again. I'm saying, you know, my brother-in-law is in the building. And he got, uh, my dad had received a couple rain gauges as a free gift for going somewhere. He got both of those at different Christmases. <laughs> hey, this would be a great gift. Just what I wanted, a rain gauge. Okay. But, you know, dad was famous for that kind of stuff. His brother uh, loved a couple, uh, some kind of a group, and, you know, and so dad bought him these cassette tapes. This is back in the cassette tape. I, I actually came out of the 8-track era. Yeah, see, some of, some of my people are like, oh, yeah, people have an 8-track. Never mind, you won't get it. But anyway, cassettes, and he, and he gave them to him. And at Christmas, I was at my sister's house, and my Uncle Tom opened those, and he goes, hey, Dave, every one of these have been opened. And my dad said, well, of course, I listened to them all the way back home. And everybody laughed. My dad was legendary in that kind of stuff. I mean, it would not be unusual for him to go, okay, somebody copy these. I want, you know, I, he just, he was legendary for that kind of stuff. He would go to uh, a party and, and his trunk was kind of the vault. He'd have his own pop in his trunk. And, and he'd go into my uncle, say, my uncle's having a shindig, you know, and so we all go over there. Dad would never take his pop in. He'd go and assess the situation. And see if there was enough pop that he wouldn't have to use his because he could use his later at home. And so my uncle would say, hey, I'll get you. And he'd wait till my uncle offered or he'd drink my uncle's pop and he'd say, hey, man, this is good. And my uncle said, well, where's your pop, Dave? I want to make sure I got it. And I'd say, it's in his trunk. And then they'd laugh. You know, he's just like, oh, you're made. And he would bring pop in, you know, eventually and stuff. But, I, you know, he was we, we all had a good time with that. But what I'm saying is he was labeled that. And then since then, you know, God has done a work, and my dad has become a very generous man. So it's not that that has always been the case, but labels tend to stick. 
You know, if and especially how many understand this? You can go in a room and 10 people can say something great and one person can say something not so great. And you will remember the what's not so great and you'll forget the 10 that were great and you'll concentrate on what was said that was negative. Let me ask you a question. You know, what negative label follows your name? You know, there's, maybe, maybe it's, you know, you've, you've thought of yourself as a doormat. I never speak up. I never say what I should say, so people just walk all over me. Maybe somebody has called you lazy. Maybe you're irresponsible, and you've heard that. Maybe you were a hothead. I kind of had that at one time, uh, you know, or a fighter or whatever. Maybe you're grumpy, dopey, doc, happy, silly, ornery, pothead, not meaning uh, pans, uh, party man, party girl. Maybe somebody just called you average. You didn't feel great. You didn't feel bad. You just kind of... Okay, but I want you to take a moment and listen to what God's word, through his lens, what would he call you? If he could label you in a good way, what would he say? God's power is always bigger than your past. His power is always bigger than your past, and his truth about you is bigger than any current label in your life. In other words, anything that you call yourself, anything that you believe that you are, if it's not good, God's bigger than that. But you say, Brett, this is who I am. This is how I've been raised. This is how I've lived all my life. I'll never have this. I'll never have that. I will never live in a house like that. I'll never have anyone. Have blah, 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 blah. Whatever that is. What's true about you today doesn't have to be true about you tomorrow. Do you hear me? What's true about you today? What's true about you right now? You're hearing me right now. You say, you don't even know. I don't have to know, but it doesn't have to be true tomorrow. It doesn't have to be true in about 10 minutes. You can change it today. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You see, God has the power to take what is and make it no longer true. And his power is going to break the labels that bind you. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Anyone means anyone. Did you understand the kingdom works for anybody that applies it? If you know the laws of electricity, you know, a thousand years ago, if we lit this room up with light bulbs, people would be go, it's a miracle. But actually, the law was there then. We just didn't know it. But if you know how electricity works, anybody can duplicate it. Say amen to that. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. If you know how the kingdom works, it can be duplicated. God can help you find how the kingdom works. Now, before you turn me off, you need to listen. Every king, kingdom has a king, and every king has laws. Laws cannot be changed. Gravity, as since you were born and long before, still works. You can say it doesn't work. You can say, I don't believe in gravity. But trust me, jump off the building. We'll watch how much that helped you. It's a law. It works. And so we have to understand in God's kingdom, there are laws that cannot be changed. They work. And God has given us the authority to do his kingdom. We're going to show I'll show you scripture in a few minutes that has that happen. So anybody means anybody or anyone means anyone. If you repented of your sin, submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and you have done that, then you can become a new person. Now, you know, we can't, you can't say, or you can say it, but again, just because you say it doesn't make it so. You can call yourself a, uh, you know, you can go to McDonald's, it doesn't make you a Big Mac. 
you can, you can say you're a Christian, but there has to be something behind that. There has to be a heart change. That's why Christ comes in and makes you a new creature. Everything happens from Christ, all from Christ. It can be changed. He is Lord. Then the old can be changed and new life has begun. If you're in Christ, that all has been done away with the old stuff and new stuff that held you back, can't hold you back, or the old stuff can't hold you back anymore. New stuff is on its way. And this is what I put this in. I love this. It's done if you believe it's done. Listen to what I just said. If you want a new start, it's done if you believe it's done. If you don't believe it, that's where we have to, that's where we have to get that. You have to break through there. It has to get in your belief system. Everything that you need from the kingdom happens by faith. You have to believe. And if I can show you that today, you can start new. I'm going to give you three things that will set you free from labels that hold you down. Are you ready? Three things today. It's not going to take very long. Here's number one. God will give you a new name. God will give you a new name. Isaiah 62, 2. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Many of us have just been held back because we've labeled ourselves or somebody else has labeled us and they've called you something and you've just like, ah, you know, and God has brought me to task on some of this. Sometimes, I mean, nicknames are cool and, and good nicknames are fun. And if everybody is good with it and it's positive, that's fine. But I've also been taken to task where I'm saying it and it's funny, but maybe I should not be saying it. Because it could, listen to me, because then people, that stuff kind of sinks in. We have to be very careful about what comes out of our mouth. But by, this Bible, this scripture says that God will give you a new name. You see, when Kim would, we were dating, she would take her name, she would take her first name and put my last name and write it all over her notebook, all over her papers. Kim Gleesman, Kim Gleesman, Kim Gleesman, Kim Gleesman, kiss, 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 mooch, 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 X, 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 oh, 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 Kim Gleesman, Kim Gleesman. <laughs> I like that because she was getting a new name. She's going to marry me and she was going to to leave her maiden name, Bowling, and she was going to take on Kim Gleesman. She would no longer be known as Kim Bowling. She would be known now as Kim Gleesman. Are you with me? So she was getting a new name. You see, more than that, God's going to take the old label, the one that has kept you and held you back, even if it's just yourself. I'm never going to, I want to go on with God, but I just have never been able to get past this. Today is your day. He's going to give you a new name. He changed Abram and Sarai's name. They wanted children and they couldn't have any. So God said, you're going to have so many children, you can't even count them. And so to prove it, he said, I'm giving you a new name. He's going to call him Abraham and Sarah now, which meant the mother and father of many nations. Pretty sweet. Couldn't have any kids and now they got so many they can't count. Jacob, his name meant swindler or schemer. God changed his name to Israel. He wrestled with God and prevailed. In Judges chapter 6, we find another name change. And this guy was kind of a scaredy cat. He was kind of, he wasn't a real man's man. He was kind of almost like, if you've ever seen Danny Kaye in the court jester, this kind of reminds me of what Gideon was like. You know what I mean? I mean, Gideon was just kind of like, he was hiding and he's down in the wine press, all that stuff, he's hiding. But somehow when God sent an angel and said, you're going to be a mighty man of valor, it was kind of like, ha ha! He changed. Something changed. If God could change your name, 
God called him a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor. He's going to give you a new name. Brad, I got too much in the past. Let me tell you something. The past is past. It's no longer going to be true. Today starts a new beginning. Kim and I have been best friends for over 32 years now. And I got to say, when I, you know, when I met her, you know, one of the things that she would look at herself and she would not, and nobody was putting her down or anything like that, but I, I don't think she saw herself the way that I would see her or that I think that God would see her. Does that make sense? Okay, uh, sometimes we see ourselves and we don't think we're so special. Now, to me, she's very special. See, to her, she doesn't have that concept that I have of her. Now, maybe she does now. But what I'm saying is back then, she didn't, she didn't see that. Now, let me just say, and, and I preface this to say that there are people in this world that, you know, like, you know, today if you watched Wyatt play, you probably saw smoke come off his guitar. You saw Jay on the drums, you probably saw smoke come off those. I mean, you know, there's just, you know, good stuff. Furman, I mean, you know, these guys are just very gifted. Singers, very gifted. You want to talk about somebody that can sing? This little five-foot dynamo right here, she can not just sing, she can sing. I mean, she like she can work your neck, walk with the swag. She can just downright flat out spit out and sang. Back in the day, when Sandy Patty was big on the charts, how many remember Sandy Patty? Okay, Sandy Patty would do good to meet Kim. But, I mean, she could do anything Sandy Patty could do. and She can hit those high A's, you know, upon this rock and all that. And people would just be like, and I'm telling her, you got to sing. I have not been able to get her to sing for years. Am I right, Mal? And we have tried, have we not? We have tried. We have tried. We have tried. Oh, thank the Lord, oh, we have tried. Her father has tried. Her mother has tried. Now I throw it out to you. I'm going to need a ride home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this girl can really sing. I mean, and not just... You know, I mean, there's something when somebody has a gift. Uh, you want to know where Mallory gets it? You're just, she's sitting right beside her. That's where she gets it. You know, and so what I'm saying is this. She didn't see that. I mean, it's there. I think inside she kind of knows it, but the enemy just pounds at you. Oh, you can't. Nobody wants to hear you now. Nobody wants to hear you now. That's old school. Nobody wants to hear you now. I'm telling you, we could raise the roof sometimes. Not just her, but maybe you have some gifts and talents that the enemy has kept you down and he's pushed you down got you down under his thumb and god is saying enough it's time to bust out it's time to be like you know kaboom and get out of there and say i am who god says i am i'm going to let god label me but this average woman of god and i mean that facetiously i what i'm saying is she told our kids every day every day i don't even remember her ever missing a day she would rub their back and she would say Psalm 92, 12 through 15. She would read that Psalm to them and I could quote it verbatim, but you don't need to hear that now. But she would say, you're going to do great th- things for God when you grow up. Don't miss it. You're great. You're going to do great things for God when you grow up. Don't miss it every day. Say amen to that. God did not make you average. It's time you break out of labels of complacency in your life. It's time you come out of average and, and be just like, I, I'm telling you what, I feel like George Jefferson. This is my wife, Wheezy, and we're moving up. <laughs> we're going to the east side now. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm telling you, God doesn't want you just to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to stay pushed down by the enemy. Don't you finally want to go, so this is what it's like? 
I'm just telling you, you know, it, it, it's nice. People can say it all, but when you experience it, you go, oh my word, Lord, you're so good. And there's more. My, my daughter, she's going to be married here before too long, and she would tell me, she would say, Dad, what, what is it like? This is uh, before Justin, before J.O. Well, what is it like? What's it like? I said, I'm now all I can tell you, and I feel like I'm, I'm saying something from uh, um, Meet Me in Seattle or whatever, Sleepless in Seattle, that's what it is. It's a chick flick, Okay. We want to talk about something, we can talk about Jim Brown and the Dirty Dozen. Then we can talk, all right? But anyway, this chick, basically, she was asking, and people would say, I don't know. It, it was just like, it was like magic. And I could try to tell her, I was trying to say, Mal, I, I don't even know how to describe it. All I know is when you know, you know. And, and, and everything changes. It's almost like something's peeled back, and you, you step into another dimension and go, this is what it's like. Well, she just told me not long ago, she looks at me and gives me that wonderful smile and those beautiful brown eyes, and she goes, Daddy, this is what it's like. This is what you were talking about. It's hard to put that in words, but God has a, this is what it's like for you. When you realize what you've grown up with or what you've been told to believe all your life, that's subject to change. You know, you'll, oh, you'll never be a millionaire or you'll never have another car paid for. You'll never. I'm telling you what, that's subject to change. I'm not just talking about money. I'm not. I, I didn't mean to make a statement just so you think I'm, talk, I'm just talking about success. You know, success can be determined in a lot of different ways. There's people that are millionaires that are not very successful at all. So I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about peace, life. It's subject to change if you're having turmoil. That's subject to change. Give it to Jesus. We're going to show you. You can get out of that. Some of you knew me before because this is my hometown. I was a nice guy. Um, I wasn't really religious. I was just a nice guy. I was a hoarder of hostess fruit snacks or cupcakes and stuff, as you know. <laughs> uh, somewhat of a, I was a jock, so... Uh, somewhat of a player, but not just in athletics. Uh, just saying, can we be real today? Just saying, it's not, I'm just, God had to take my past and change it. All right, so um, when he called me into ministry, that's what I told him. I said, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Can I tell you, when God gives you a new name, you're going to grow into it. You're going to grow into it. He's going to give you the grace to grow into it. Many of you will get a new name. You feel unworthy. Listen, God's going to say, listen, I'm going to help you grow into your new name. Some of you just need to right now say, you know what? I need to be forgiven. Or I just need to forgive someone else. Or I need to be an overcomer. I've been down all my life. Maybe you need to be a leader or a servant. Sometimes some of the best things you can do is just to serve others. Because you want to break out of where you've been. Here comes point number two. God will give you a new purpose. He's going to give you a new name. He's going to give you a new purpose. You see, when you get your new name, now you got, man, I got something I need to do. How many remember Peter? In the beginning, before Jesus got a hold of him, his name was Simon. And he was labeled probably unpredictable, combustible, you know, hothead, you know, loudmouth, you know, he, undependable. You know, he's Peter. I mean, he was just like, Jesus meets him and says, you are a fisherman, but before I'm through with you, you're going to be fishing for people. 
I'm going to change your purpose. You're going to be a world changer. I'm going to give you something that's going to go with your new name. Jesus asks Simon, who do you say that I am? And this, to me, this is really cool in your Bible. He, he says Simon because he has, he's changing his name. Who do you say that I am? And, you know, Peter answers, Simon answers and says, you know, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. He says, Peter, Simon, who do you say? He says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Matthew 16, 17 and 19 this is what Jesus answered him back. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter. Now he's just calling him, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys. Now here's what I've told you about that scripture. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He gave him a new name and a new purpose. Instead of undependable Simon, he's going to say, Peter the rock. I'm going to build my church on the rock. Let me ask you this. After he said this to Peter, was Peter the rock that he called him? Think about this before Jesus went to the cross. This is Peter slicing off a dude's ear. This is Peter saying, hey, if all these guys fall away, not me. This is Peter cursing in front of campfires. I don't even know him. This is the rock. See, that... We, we forget those kind of things. But what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to let you grow into your name. Turn to your neighbor and say grace. You see, Peter didn't even deny Jesus just once. He did it three times. But God had a purpose. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was invited to be the guest speaker. The guy that knew what forgiveness was like because he knew he needed to be forgiven. Stood up, led 3,000 people to Jesus. And the church that we know today started on that day. And Jesus, if you remember, he said, I'm going to build my church on the rock. What did he call Peter? The rock. So Peter is actually, I mean, he's not just, he's building it, yes, on Christ, yes, but he's also using that to say, Peter, guess what? You're going to start this whole process. I'm going to use you, even though you've messed up, even though you've done it time and time again. God says, I got you. New name, new purpose. Take the label of your past. The greatest weakness, you're like, ah, this is where I messed up. Can be your greatest strength in your future. Because God can change all that. He's in the heart-changing business. He can take Brett the hoarder to Brett the generous. I think that's one of the reasons why Kim and I, we like giving away so much things. We like doing so many things. And this isn't to say, look at us. I'm just saying because I know what I've come from. I know the stuff that, and I'm not saying I never fight with, you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, mine, mine. They're precious. <laughs> sometimes don't you feel like that? <laughs> Ooh, the precious. Mm. Sometimes you do that, but I mean, God's still giving you grace. But we want to be known for kingdom-minded generosity. God wants to do the same for you. He's got a new name for you. Your past isn't what defines you. Others don't define you. God defines you as you submit to him. He's the author and finisher of your faith. It's not as much how you start, it's how you finish that matters. Because we can always look back and say, man, I wish I'd started sooner. 
I wish I'd have did this better. I wish I'd have not done that. You know what? You got to put the past behind you. You got to go from where you are now, and it's how you finish. It's how you finish. Here's number three. He's going to give you a new name. He's going to give you a purpose. Now he's going to give you a new future through the power of Christ. You ever met a pessimist? You know, they're, they're mostly negative. <laughs> I've I got to make sure I don't do it the way I did last service. How many remember this? Now, this will date me. But when I was growing up on Saturdays, they were always car washing days in the summer. My dad's always washed. And he always had country music blaring when he's washing and waxing his cars. Not country music you have today. I'm like what he would call now. No, this was real country music. George Jones and yeah, see some of y'all y'all know that, but it, I grew up with listening to Tammy Wynette and George Jones and Merle Haggard and you know all that. Uh, but anyway, you load sixteen tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Well, Saint Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. <laughs> Keith's up here. I like this church. <laughs> You're gonna have some wings in the back afterwards. Just hang on. <laughs> anyway, you know that's just you know it was just kind of if you think about what you're singing. I owe my soul to the company store. You know, and it goes on. You know, and it's all about oh, you know, got to get through this and all of that kind of stuff. But you know. People will do that. They'll, I'm always going to have this condition. If God was so good, why have I not been healed? And all of this, they go through all of these questions. I'm not with you 24 hours a day. I don't know what you listen to. I don't know what comes out of your mouth. I don't know what you put in your eye gate, your ear gate, your mouth. I don't know. But I do know that that word works. And I do know that he's no respecter of persons. So, see, here's the problem is we've got to get and say, God, I need you to change me. Because somewhere in my belief system, I'm stuck. And I don't want to be stuck anymore. Well, Brett, I'm always going to have headaches. I'm always going to live paycheck to paycheck. Well, guess what? You just declared your future. I got to witness to a young lady at Walmart the other day. Not, well, not really witness. I got to say a couple things. But not much. And this was on my way because she really didn't want to hear what I had to say, I don't think. But she just said, you know, a couple of things that was just kind of like, yeah, I always do this. I always make this mistake. Something always happens bad to me every day. I'm like, and, I, and this is what I told her. I said, and that's why. Where I quickly was, let's go. <laughs> because I'm like, girl, you are just saying what's going to happen. Quit it. You're bigger than that. God has better for, things for you than that. Story of two guys running away from a grizzly bear, a pessimist and an optimist. The optimist got a pair of tennis shoes around his neck, and he gets a few, uh, you know, a head start. He gets really getting out there. That bear's coming full steam, but he's, he's putting on his tennis shoes, and the, the pessimist says, you are so stupid. He said, you can never outrun that bear with those shoes. They're not going to help you a bit. The optimist says, I'm not trying to outrun the bear. I'm just going to outrun you. <laughs> Don't you dare insult God with faithlessness about your future. He created you to have a good future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Maybe you've been labeled this. I'm the bridesmaid, never the bride. 
There's no good men left. They're all taken. If you're a guy on the other side, there ain't no good woman in marrying. I need me a good, God-fearing woman. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> He's talking out loud. <laughs> Maybe you're saying this, you know, if I only had a good marriage, but I'm stuck with this bum for the rest of my life. He's just a bump on a log. He's never going to come to church. All he does is eat, complain, burp, and pass gas. I can't stand him. My kids will never amount to anything. They're just lazy. They won't work. I'm always going to be this. I can't break this bad habit. I'm addicted to this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Stop it. Out of your greatest weakness, God can raise your greatest strength. Your future is bright as God sees it. What is your perspective? God will use what you triumph over to help somebody else that is dealing with what you used to deal with. You'll have passion for your future. God gives you a hope in a future. You'll have a get up and go again. Wouldn't it be great to be excited about it? I can't wait. I'm telling you what, I don't ever regret. I don't get up on money and go, oh man, I got to go into the office. I don't do that because I'm passionate about what I do. I get up every morning. I'm glad to be doing what I'm doing. I'm good about it. That's okay with me. What is your perspective? God wants to give you a passion to follow your dreams. Say amen. Remember Rahab. She was labeled a prostitute and a harlot. And that day there were about two kinds of prostitutes there or harlots. The temple prostitute, still wrong, but was more of the upper class prostitute, so to speak. And then there was the one that was on the street corner you'd see on cops. Okay. And she was one of those. All right, but she was labeled with that. That was her story. She didn't know what love was like. She didn't know anything associated uh, with love. She just knew that she felt like she was just used and abused. She was good for only one thing, and she, she started hearing about the God of Israel. Some of you today may be sitting there and saying, when he's talking about God, something inside you starting to go off. Something starting. The Bible says that her heart melted. You know, when I met Kim and I saw Kim and that very first time, this is going to sound mushy, but I'm going to say it anyway. That very first time I got to kiss her, my heart melted. I mean, just like, whoo! <laughs> Rahab heard about God and it melted her heart. Something inside said, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live. There's got to be more. My friends, if this is all this is, and this is as good as it gets, let's close up shop and go home. But there's more. I'm here to tell you God has better plans for you than what you've seen. There's bigger things in front of you than what you have. God has got more for you than what you know. You have to yield to him. Break the past off. Get to God and say, I'm tired of the way I've lived before. She is known for risking her life to save spies that were there on kingdom business. Why would she do that? I think because she knew they had something she wanted. You see, when we are really agents for the gospel, people should want what we have. They might not understand it all. And that's part of the issue. Right, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't think I could ever get past this. Uh, how's God going to do it? And we want all God to analyze everything for us and explain it before we walk out. Can I say everything you need in this word is going to happen by faith? You're going to have to trust him. You're, you're wanting him to explain everything. He's saying, come on, trust me. 
Let me say, if this building was on fire and I was standing at the bottom of this building and I can't see the rooftop, I can barely see it, and my little daughter up there, Maddie's up there, and she's like, Daddy! I'm saying, Honey, I, I can't hardly see you. She said, Daddy, it's, it's hot. I can't get down. Jump, baby, I'll catch you. I mean, she could sit there and go, Well, let me see. I weigh about... That's about a 12, maybe a 15-foot drop. Yeah, and the velocity of my. <laughs> By the time she figures that out, it's going to be marshmallows. You know, we can't have that. I'm just telling you, you better be ready. Because I have to keep, because through that smoke, here comes Maddie. Woo! <gasps> you know why? Because she trusts me. Daddy said he'd catch me. She knows when she breaks that cloud, dad's going to catch her. You might not understand how God's going to do all this. Can I just ask you this? Would you just trust him and stand under it? If you don't understand it, just say, God, will you show me? I have faith enough to step out. But then you'll show me. That's where faith works. If you have to wait for every explanation, that's not faith. See, God had given Rahab a new name, a new purpose, a new future, and she knew it. Do you know it? He did the impossible. How many know with God all things are possible? All things are possible. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's still hope for you, Skippy. (laughs) Giving him a high five. I really mean that. Dear Lord, you need help here. (laughs) Um, Listen to me. God brought Rahab, a God-fearing man named Salmon, Salmon, something like that. She told me, and I forgot how to say it. Tell me real quick. Salmon. I, okay, I was close. All right. And, uh, and people would say, that's impossible. Here, this girl was a prostitute. How could she ever change? Because God gave her a new name, he gave her a new purpose, and he gave her a new future. And so she gets a new man. Now, check this out. And then she has a son, and then a grandson, and a grandson five times down. Now think about that. And the, and the kid that comes five, five generations or so away, guess what his name is? Jesus. That's pretty huge. I mean, here's, in, in his line is, is someone you'd go, no, 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 God could never use them. I beg to differ with you. That God can use, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you think you've had it. God can change you. God has good stuff in store for you. The son of God, born to take away the sins of the world. Out of Rahab, the prostitute, Jesus. Don't you dare let anybody label you or put you in a box. You are what God says, period. By the power of Christ, you can get past your past. God's going to give you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. A new name, a new purpose, and a new future. Now, you can do a lot of different things. You can continue on the way you are, or you can realize God set this up. It's time. There is that window of opportunity. There is that option where you're like, okay, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being in a crowded room and feeling alone. So I had to give stuff to God. 
I have to be able to lay my head down and say, you know, and to this day, I'm, I'm so glad because I can, you know, sometimes I think my wife is like, man, he just wants to go to sleep. I just, I'm tired. And, uh, you know, there was a time when I felt like I couldn't sleep. You know what I mean? And then, you, you know, God just, he changes you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe this morning, and I promise I won't embarrass you, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and you're saying, but I've labeled myself, or others have labeled me, and I, I just want to break that label. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you feel that inside. There needs to be a change. Today's your day. Today's a new beginning. If that's you and you're saying, I, I got to do it. Nobody's looking around. I want you to just put your hand up. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. You're going to give your heart to Christ today in such a way that you're starting a brand new future. Anyone else? Let's say this prayer together.